We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Um, yeah, hi everybody. Hi guys. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, most of you know who I am, but if you don't, perhaps I should tell you a little bit. Um, my name is Amy Myatt. I am married to the lovely Ben Myatt, who a lot of you know because he's been around Open Heaven for an extraordinarily long time. Um, I think, is it 10 years, Ben? 12? Something like that, anyway. Um, yeah, my... 14. Wow, there we go. There are there are a few people here I know who can uh, trump that, but uh, it's going some, isn't it? Um, I've only been at Open Heaven since August 2020, officially, which is when we got married um, and I moved here. But um, yeah, I love this community. And thank you so much for letting me speak um, Yeah, this afternoon. So I'm going to be talking on this topic of reconciliation this afternoon. Um, I've got a few things to share with you guys. Um, and it's been really interesting for Ben and I as a couple, um, kind of working through this series together and uh, reflecting on some of the things that have kind of come about. And I'm sure for a lot of you, your lives are starting to look quite different as you've kind of reflected on um, what it means to kind of extend hospitality, to open up our lives to others. Um, and personally... I'm really excited about what God is going to do and is already doing through this kind of repositioning, I think, that we're going through as a community. And that's something that I kind of want to talk about a bit um, this afternoon. Um, so um, just a little side note, um, as we've kind of, I've kind of prepared for this talk, um, I really just felt like God just wanted me just to mention this at the beginning um, just a little side note on the importance of listening to God. Um, we all know that it's, you know, it's really important that we um, are in tune with God's heart. And it's something that I think for everyone who's brought something um, in one of these talks, they've really tried to tune into what is God saying to us as a community at this moment in time. And I've reflected on some of those things. So I'm going to remind you of some of the prophetic words that have been spoken over us as a community recently, um, which I've just been kind of paying a lot of attention to. Um, but just a reminder, really, that the gift of prophecy is a wonderful gift from God, um, which Paul tells us to eagerly desire. So, E.g., we get to know the heart of God um, for the here and now. Um, so perhaps this afternoon, as you're kind of listening to this talk, it might be for you that that is something that you really want to press into. And I just felt like God was saying, for some of us, the gift of prophecy is perhaps something um, that um, you want to start to eagerly desire a little bit more in your life. Um, and there'll be an opportunity to kind of respond to that at the end of the talk. But anyway, on this topic of prophetic words and what this has to do with the topic of reconciliation, um, well... Way back um, when we were in the treehouse in, uh, um, on the campus of the university, um, I, there was a prophetic word. It's actually the first prophetic word I shared in Open Heaven. Um, it was a bit daunting at the time, but um, it was a prophetic word about um, a table in heaven with empty seats, ready to receive many, many people. And as a community, we kind of responded to that in that gathering. Um, we reflected on the fact that we get to influence um, the people, you know, who gets to enjoy that table that God has prepared for everyone in heaven. And um, we, the, we, people were praying for friends, relatives, people that they wanted to see, you know, in that place with God in the future. Um, and at some of that time, at that time, we were, 
were led by the, prompted by the Holy Spirit to pray for those people. Um, and it felt like a kind of call to prayer that I've seen kind of been echoed throughout other gatherings since then. Um, and it felt like it was kind of maybe the beginning of something for us as a community, perhaps, of pressing into the prompting by the Holy Spirit to pray these prayers of revival and prayers for heaven to break out on earth. So you might be wondering, why am I bringing up all these kind of prophetic words and things when we're thinking about reconciliation? Um, But as I prepared to speak this week, I really felt that God wanted to stir in us a hopeful expectation that as we open up our homes, lives and express hospitality to people that we're going to see fruit. Um, As our hearts are changed, as we open up our lives, um, we become more aligned with God's heart for others, don't we? And the kingdom of God, therefore, should be increasingly manifested in our lives. The kind of fruit I think we should be hopeful for Um, you know, is that joyful expectation that we could see an increase in people we know coming to believe in Jesus and an increased favour in the relationships we have with other people. Um, And I personally, anyway, I'm praying for an outpouring of God's spirit on all of our spheres of influence as we position ourselves to bring God's presence to people. And I think that's what this series has kind of been growing in all of us. So I've got some challenge questions for you to kind of think about as we go through this talk. Um, So firstly, you know, if we are hoping for an awakening from within our OH1 community, um, we need to examine closely our relationship with God and with each other. So are we positioned where God wants us to be right now, both physically and spiritually? Are our hearts open to follow the call of Jesus in our daily lives, particularly in our relationships with others, which we've considered a lot throughout this series, haven't we? And that's what we're going to reflect on this afternoon. So back in June, July time, John Horton um, spoke on the topic of reconciliation. So hopefully it's something you kind of have heard mentioned before back at the start of this series. And there are two types of reconciliation that I'm going to talk about this afternoon. The first one is about reconciliation with God, okay? Um, So when we're talking about reconciliation with God, sorry, I'm going to talk about reconciliation with God and reconciliation with each other within and outside of our community. So the New Testament offers first-hand accounts of events in the life of Jesus and the early church, and it makes it clear eight times that God reconciled us to himself through the death and resurrection of Jesus. So this is the first kind of reconciliation. It's clearly imperative that we understand that we can only be reconciled with God through Jesus. So Romans 5 verse 10 says this, when we were enemies to God, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. So whatever we might be told, the only way that we can have a restored relationship with God our Father is through Jesus. It's not by our deeds and it's not through any other person. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18 says that God reconciled us to himself through Christ. So when Jesus was crucified on the cross as an entirely innocent man, we know that he took the blame for all the wrongdoing of mankind forever. When he did this, he cancelled the debt that was due for all that wrong by taking the punishment for us. And we've been singing about that, haven't we? 
This idea of a God who punishes sin might feel uncomfortable in our kind of modern culture. But who wants a world where there is no justice for wrong? In so many parts of the world today, people are crying out for justice, aren't they? For the oppression they've experienced. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. Therefore, when Jesus died in our place, he put things right. He's willing to forgive us and take our punishment. What unfathomable mercy is that? Sin is no longer a barrier to our relationship with God the Father and the relationship with God that we were created to have has been restored because of Jesus. It's a relationship that the Bible tells us we were created to have. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that he, God, has put eternity into man's heart. And that really resonates with me. I don't know about you, that he's put that in our hearts. We weren't created to die and to live disconnected from God. 1 John 3 says, the Father has loved us so much that we are called children of God. And we really are his children. We were created to live as his children with him as our loving father. So what does reconciliation with God mean? It means this. Our relationship with God is restored. The debt for sin is paid. And new eternal life begins. And for anyone who has a relationship with Jesus and has asked for God to forgive their sins, they have that restored relationship with, G with God through Jesus, which is the first kind of reconciliation. Our old messy lives die on the cross with Jesus and we get a new life and a new start. 2 Corinthians 15 and 17 says that Jesus died for everyone and anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. So reconciliation is very much at the heart of what God does and what God is about and it's what Jesus has done for us. But also there is, there is a point there is a point after this for us as Christians. We receive this new life, but it's with a purpose. We become representatives of Jesus and the kingdom of God on this earth. And we actually receive this ministry of reconciliation ourselves. The Bible tells us this. An understanding reconciliation as a ministry that is gifted to us from Jesus is a reminder that God's plan for us is that we would be saved to a new life and our new life would die with Christ and in this new life we would become ambassadors for him. We would have this purpose of helping other people to be reunited with God too. Okay, so the ministry of reconciliation is this purpose of helping other people to be reunited with Christ. So where am I going with this? This afternoon, as an OH1 community, I think we, that's something for us to reflect on. As we've talked about hospitality, as we've journeyed into what it might like to open up our lives to other people, maybe we need to reflect on this ministry of reconciliation that we have received. Um, I believe that I'm seeing in the lives of other people around me as we do community, um, when we worship together, when the spirit moves in our midst, that we are feeling this sense of there is something more that God has for us. There is something more than this. And I just wonder if that something more is moving and pressing into this ministry of reconciliation that Jesus has given us. 
God was working in Jesus when Jesus reconciled us to God on the cross. And now Jesus is working in us when we represent him to the world. And that's how this ministry of reconciliation works. The NLT Bible puts it this way. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Put this way, Paul was helping the Corinthian Christians when he said that to understand that their purpose was to be like Jesus. That when people encountered them, they would be encountering Jesus too. And we only have to look at the character of Jesus to understand what reconciliation looks like in us when we're living that out. It's serving others, isn't it? Preferring mercy over judgment, encouragement, healing, forgiveness, listening, being present in the lives of others, worshipping God, loving, protecting, defending, the list goes on. God is on the move. And this afternoon, I'd like us to consider that perhaps God is on the move in the OH1 community. And the question is, are we ready? Are we in position? Lately, there seems to have been a kind of thread through, running through the prophetic words that we have been sharing as a community and in this gathering. And I just wanted to highlight some of them for you to kind of reflect on for yourself and weigh them up, really. Um, as I look at them, I get a sense that God is shaking us up a bit throughout this series to lead us into a new season where perhaps, as Rich Wilson shared, we might receive an open heaven. John Bailey also shared a picture recently of us needing to be like a tinderbox, ready to be set alight by God. That was something he felt God was sharing during a gathering. Um, and I don't know about you, but as I hear these words, it increases my expectation that God is ready to move and maybe he's just waiting to see if we're ready to be set alight by him. You know, this At The Table series has begun to awaken us to possibilities and to prepare, and I think the key word is position us for a future move of God, whatever that might look like. It's inspired us to open up our homes, to open up our busy lives and to open up our hearts so that we might be pliable to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, pliable to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So I bring this up because I do believe that we have to talk about um, we have to talk about the where we go from here and um, with this series. You know, it's very easy to kind of work through things, but I do get this sense that God wants us to have a hopeful expectation about the future. But as we think about the future, sometimes it can also be helpful to reflect on the past and to learn from it. And I think one of the things we can learn from the past, when we look at historical kind of moves of God, we talk about revivals, we talk about where we've seen God um, moving in different churches, um, there is a common thread. And the one I want to pick out this afternoon is about having an open heart. An open heart that is willing to allow the Holy Spirit to lead it is one of the characteristics that you can find when you look into the lives of the revivalists of the past. 
You know, this country has such a rich heritage of revivals. If you're someone who's passionate about seeing God break out and his kingdom come, I do encourage you um, to dig into that. Um, if you haven't already, um, this book here, Britain's Spiritual Inheritance. I think this is a recommendation by Rich Wilson, actually. I'm sure that's who gave it me originally. But this is a great book. Um, it kind of charters... Um, some of the different revivals that have broken out in this country. And it gives you kind of personal accounts and reflections of people um, who have seen God move. And I think it's really inspiring for us. Um, you know, many of these revivals started with one man or woman like Evan Roberts. If you're Welsh, you might know that name. Um, who prayed heaven down which resulted in the Welsh revival of the early 1900s, when more than 100,000 people, imagine that, became Christians. And there's John Wesley, I'm sure you'll know that name, founder of the Methodists, a radical new exp expression of God's power, who went where the Holy Spirit led him to preach the gospel and was accompanied by signs and miracles. You see, if you look at the Bible... Revival is in the heart of every Christian. We were made for the kingdom. We were made to see heaven come to earth. There is a deep desire for God's kingdom to break out in our world, in all of us. Sometimes we just need shaking up a little bit to remember that and find it. Wouldn't it be awesome, for example, if we saw our friends, families, neighbours, strangers become passionate for God and discover the incredible transformation that a relationship with Jesus brings? Imagine OH1 as a gathering. If we prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. If we pray that, we're also praying that we would desire more of Jesus, that we would experience a significant increase in our boldness and a deep commitment to mission. That's what we're really praying when we pray your kingdom come, yeah? We're praying for that boldness from heaven um, and a desire for more of Jesus in us as well as to see the kingdom break out in our community. The revivalists of the past understood that they could not allow anything to harden their hearts and thus become an obstacle to the ministry of reconciliation that they knew they'd received from Jesus. So if we as a community want to live out this a mission statement of a disciple-making community, um, we, if we want to pray heaven down and receive an open heaven, like these men and women of faith in the past did, we need to ensure that like Jesus, we are reconciled to one another and have forgiven those who've sinned against us. Otherwise, that unforgiveness blocks a seat at our table. Picture that table in your home. Picture that table in heaven. Imagine if there was a seat which a certain person was not allowed to sit in. God's goodness, God's power and God's revelation are given to us to be passed on, aren't they? This ministry of reconciliation dismantles the obstacles that can prevent this from happening in our relationships with others. So this afternoon, one of the um, questions I have for us um, is to examine our hearts and examine if there is a place at the table for everybody. 
One of those obstacles, I think, can be unforgiveness that resides in our hearts. And unforgiveness can take lots of different forms and it can be there for lots of different reasons, can't it? But this afternoon, I want us to think about that and consider whether unforgiveness has a place at our table that should be a place for a person. So let's just think about that for a moment. I want to be really real with you. I know that most of us will carry a relationship with us where there has been some hurt or pain. That's life, isn't it? Things happen. Relationships break down. It could be some hurt with regards to a partner, a colleague, a sibling, a parent, or even a friend, or someone I've not mentioned. Don't feel excluded. You know, during the stress and strain of the pandemic, research has shown that all kinds of relationships have broken down, haven't they, under the pressure of it all. But this is the thing, guys. We know that we are called to be peacemakers. That is our purpose. Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So if we're children of God, we are called to be peacemakers too. And we, so we mustn't be slow to forgive OH1. When we become peacemakers, bridge builders might be another way of putting it, we will be blessed. It's a distinct marker that we are his, that we're able to forgive. It's part of our new God-given identity. But I know that we should not underestimate the pain and trauma that is caused by the breakdown of any, kind, any relationship. And actually, I'm really reassured when I look at the Bible. In Matthew 27, when it, we're given the account of Jesus' cry on the cross, when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'm reassured that he fully understands that pain. He knew that pain of broken, broken, sorry, of broken relationship. And so we can come to him knowing that he understands. And it's not always easy to be a peacemaker, is it? Some of us, have experienced extraordinary pain in a relationship, or maybe we've been on the receiving end of abuse. And in some situations, it's fair to say that being reconciled, going and picking up where you left off with that person may not always be healthy or appropriate. We may not always be able to restore a relationship with that person. In other cases, perhaps we really should. We're called in particular to do our utmost to be reconciled with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And the thing is, even if reconciliation is not possible, forgiveness is a non-negotiable in the kingdom, isn't it? The kingdom of God is established on earth through Jesus when he forgave, gives our sins, okay? So it's, a non it's non-negotiable. Um, we are called to forgive too. And it's really important. As followers of Jesus, we have been forgiven to forgive. Jesus made the first move so we can make the first move too in our relationships and forgive others. It says... I can't remember where, but make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. So maybe sometimes the challenge is that we need to let go of the need to be vindicated. You know, let's not let our ego win when it comes to forgiveness. Let's give up the right to win an argument. 
let's do the hard work of listening and trying to see things from other, the other person's point of view. Listen to the emotion that's being expressed. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And if we've been hurt, we can let go of the offence. We can choose to bless. Luke 6 verse 28 says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Blessing those who have hurt us. Praying for them. Forgiving them. Will gradually heal our hearts and restore peace to us too. Now I appreciate this topic of forgiveness and being reconciled to, to one another sometimes can feel really challenging and it, I don't want you to hear this as me telling you what I think you should do. Um, I can testify to the challenge of forgiving someone who continues to hurt you. Um, despite many attempts at reconciliation, I've actually personally not had a relationship with my father since he walked out of my family home when I was 18 years old. But whilst memories of what happened do not change, and there are still circumstances that come up over the years where this is an ongoing journey where I have to forgive again, I am really sincerely glad that at 18 years of age, I chose to forgive my dad. Because there have been times where my decision has been tested, but letting go of the hurt I've felt over the years has set me free to live the life I know I was called to live. If I hadn't forgiven, I don't know where I would be right now. So, this is the point, guys. Reconciliation, being in the right relationship with God, being in the right relationship with each other is really important. And we've received this ministry of reconciliation so that we can invite others to know him too, to enter into that relationship, which we were all created for I don't know about you, but I really, really, and I hope this comes across, I really, really want to be on fire for God. One of the reasons that I am determined that I will always forgive, that I will always let go of, of hurts that are done to me, and I will try my best to not get offended, is that I really want to see God's kingdom come in this world. I don't know about you. I, I think you do, because I've heard people talk about it. I see us sing about it. I know the passions of different people. I don't know about you, but I really want to see a revival in this nation. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how this is going to happen. But I really believe that God is in this constant process of awakening his people, awakening his church and stirring us up so that his kingdom can come on this earth. And I know that if I don't continue, for example, to forgive my dad, that I might miss something that God wants to do. So it's so important. So, this is where we're coming to this afternoon. I want to offer an opportunity this afternoon for us to respond to some of those points about reconciliation. And there are going to be different kinds of responses for different people. Um, and I really want you to kind of take a moment now just to ask God which of these is perhaps the response that you need to make this afternoon. And these are the opportunities. And we're actually going to take communion as well. Um, so as we take communion and we reflect on the reconciled relationship that we have with God through Jesus, this is a really important moment, particularly if you need to forgive somebody, um, to, to take that step of faith. Um, and these are the different responses that I'm going to kind of suggest that we might want to take this afternoon. 
So the first one, um, whether you're here online or you're in the room, it may be that there is somebody here who needs to be reconciled with God for the first time. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you haven't experienced his forgiveness, you don't know what it means to be a child of God, then this is your moment, this is your opportunity. Um, And if that is you, I would encourage you to to speak to somebody in the room that you know, that you trust, that you've come with perhaps, or come talk to me if you want to. I would really invite you to consider praying a prayer and asking Jesus to come forgive you and released you into this new wonderful life that he has for you secondly um there's an opportunity to respond by forgiving someone who has hurt you okay so if you um kind of identify with that you recognize there is there is a a space at your table where a certain person might not be welcome perhaps you want to take the opportunity to forgive them this afternoon i would encourage you if if that is you, um, to get together with someone else that you know that you've come with again and to pray together for this, to just pray and ask God to kind of restore that peace to you and for you to kind of say, I, yeah, Lord, I forgive this person. Your kingdom is the priority in my life. I know you created that person too. I want to bless them. Um, God, I'm going to forgive. Um, the third um, response might be, actually, you're not really in a position where you need to forgive anyone, but you do want to offer your heart to God today and say, yes, Lord, I am ready and open to be used by you. Okay, You really kind of want to take this step this afternoon to kind of say, I want to move more, God, into what you have in store for me. I want to see your kingdom come, and I just want to make my, open my hands up and say I'm available to you. And then finally, this is the exciting one. I love this one. Um, Yeah, if not, guys, this is an opportunity for us to pray and to pray down that we would receive the open heaven that um, Rich kind of mentioned to us back at the start of this series, okay? To pray for revival, to ask God to send his spirit in power that he would he would move through us as a community he would move through our spheres of influence the people around us the communities the workplaces all of these places that we find ourselves in where god could break out and do something new in our midst